What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourselves. Today, I've got a really interesting one. You know, I've been on this tangent with the Spy Museum, and uh, it led me down a really interesting rabbit hole. I find that I love history, military history, and... Um, well, you know, UFO chasing history, and that typically involves the military and leads you down some uh, war and conflict and battle zone uh, stories. And so, with the spy museum, they I was I was really interested to see that they had a inflated uh, tank, and I was like, well, that's really cool. They have an inflatable tank that they used during World War II. I wonder what that's about. And then I came across these patches that were called ghost patches, so I had to read up on these. And it turns out that uh, the military created a ghost army. Now you might think, well, maybe they had the Ghostbusters. And, you know, the Ghostbusters put on a little Project Bluebeam show out there. No, 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 my friends. Although that's probably what they would do now. <laughs> um the Ghost Army was a United States Army tactical deception unit used during World War II, and they were officially known as the 23rd Headquarters Special Troops. Now, this was a huge team. It was an 1,100-man unit, uh, and they were given this very special mission to deceive Hitler's forces, mislead them as to the size and location of Allied forces, while giving the actual units elsewhere time to, to maneuver. So this was really cool. What they did is they put on a show, okay? During their tenure, the Ghost Army carried out more than 20 deception campaigns, putting on a traveling road show using inflatable tanks, like the one in the Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. They used sound trucks to create audio disturbances and more noise and more sound, right? Fake radio transmissions. Now that's really interesting because you can do all kinds of stuff with fake radio transmissions. You can be like, "Yeah, we're we're leading a fifty thousand man team over, you know, this hill in uh, you know wherever, <laughs> you know, Poland, uh, you know, leading into Germany, you know, any anywhere. You could just put out a bunch of random crap. Now, 
you know, they might catch on to that after a while, but you could really do some damage just putting out a whole smear campaign, or not smear campaign, but just uh, false information campaign. Um, they also put out uh, false and fake scripts and pretense about uh, battles during these uh, transmissions. This entire story was actually kept secret for 50 years after the war, and it was only declassified in 1996. But what was really interesting that I, th I thought was really interesting was the spy museum actually has tons of these patches for fake brigades, fake units that were over, that were supposed to supposedly overseas. So like for the airborne division, they had like five different patches with like eagles or different, dis different decorations on them to give the idea that we had more units than we really did over there. I mean, talk about, like, intellectual military genius, right? Now, who did they recruit for these kinds of, of units? Well, you'd be surprised. You'd think, well, oh, they must have, you know, military geniuses, right? No, for this unit, they recruited folks from art schools. Oh, you know, art, that thing that, you know, all these school districts are trying to get rid of? Yeah, yeah. They found artists, architects, actors, set designers, engineers. And these individuals were the ones that basically came up with the mislead, misleading and deceiving and deception uh, campaigns to befuddle the German army. So they were recruited from these art schools and advertising agencies and other occupations that encourage creative thinking, not just scientific thinking, but creative thinking. Isn't that interesting now? Because when you think about, you know, what seems to really be valued in society is just science and math and, you know, and engineering. But you need creative minds. You need guys that have creative thinking, women with creative thinking that can develop things outside of the box psychologically in warfare to win the battle. And that's exactly what they did. They came up with fake artillery. They came up with fake aircraft. They came up with giant speakers to broadcast the sounds of men and sounds of artillery to make the Germans think that they had upwards of a two-division, 30,000-man force. So they, they used all of these elaborate ideas to help deflect the German units from the locations where their actual larger allied combat forces were. So they were pretending to have these large forces in these areas with sound and inflatables and to, to cover it up with the guise of, you know, being this huge force. Think about it from a, from a standpoint of, of the Germans, right? Let's say they're, they're doing like fl uh, flight maneuvers over areas to see if there's anybody, you know, gathering forces in a particular area. So they fly over the area. And they're at a decently high altitude because they don't want to get shot down. They're just kind of like, they're not there to battle. They're just there to do recon. And they're at a high high altitude. And they see these things that look like tanks. And they have the markings of tanks. Uh, but if you're not close enough, you can't tell it's an inflatable versus something that's made completely of metal. So this unit uh, consisted of an additional, um, the, the 406th, uh, combat engineers, which handled security, the 603rd camouflage engineers, and um, the 3132 Signal Service Company Special, 
Um, and what did they do? Well, some of the tactics that they used were um, the dummy tanks were actually modeled after the M4 Shermans, the Sherman tanks that were already there. They had to be very similar to them. And I'll tell you what, man, these inflatables look pretty damn, pretty damn legit. Some of them look kind of funny, but as they got better at it, they, they developed some really good uh, inflatables. Um, they look pretty legit. So um, the visual deception arm of the Ghost Army uh, was equipped with these inflatable tanks, but also inflatable cannons, inflatable jeeps, trucks, and airplanes that the men would inflate with air compressors and then camouflage imperfectly so that the enemy aerial reconnaissance could see them. So they would create dummy airfields. They would create fake fake laundry hanging on clotheslines, fake motor pools, artillery batteries, and fake tank formations for hours. And so, again, right, a lot of these guys were, were artists, and they came from and were recruited from New York and Philadelphia art schools. Uh, and the unit became basically an incubator for young artists who sketched and painted their way through Europe. So I find this this story just totally fascinating on so many aspects, right? On the on the misleading and the deception factor, on the fact that you can fool your 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 opponent on the battlefield. It make it brings back memories of uh, the Patriot with Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger, where Gibson's character. Uh, stuffed a bunch of fake officers with their coats um, with straw and went far, you know, and kept them far enough away from uh, the the uh, fort that he was meeting up with the British um, commanders in. And he said, hey, I have all these officers up there. They'll be released as soon as I can take back my men and, uh, you know, we'll leave them alone. And so what did they do? They <laughs> they believed him. They looked out and they were like, hey, those look like our, our officers from their distance. But they were just men stuffed, you know, coats stuffed with straw. And that's the beauty of this. And, and maybe, you know, they took that, that kind of mentality and brought it over to this ghost army. So um, several of these soldier artists went on to have a major impact on art in the post, post-war U.S. A few of them uh, were had served in the 603rd. Um, artist singer or Arthur Singer, Art Kane, Ellsworth Ke- Kelly, and Bill Blass. Now, these guys also use sonic deception. So, what did they do? They used um, engineers from Bell Labs, right? Bell Labs Telephone uh, and Audio Labs. Um, and they went to Fort Knox to record sounds of armored and infantry units, uh, all the sound effects from there, and they brought them to Europe. So for deception, the sound could be mixed to match the scenario that they wanted the enemy to believe. So like they could, they could, you know, do half tracks, they could do full tracks. Um, and the sounds were audible for 15 miles away. Dude, that's insane. 15 miles away. That's, that's like mind blowing. And and like, if you've ever heard a bomb go off, like, you know, or or artillery hit, I should say, um, it is loud. And you can hear it from miles away. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I've experienced a few a few different events where you could hear explosions from miles away, and uh, it's and it's not even anywhere near you. <laughs> so yeah, to, to think that they could make these audible for 50 miles away, sure they could. 
What what else did they do? They did the radio deception, right? They called it spoof radio. So the special operators created phony traffic nets, uh, impersonating radio operators from real units. So they used uh, different Morse code operators, each having their own individual style of sending. And uh, they were they were trying to basically make it seem like they had a larger group than they did, or maybe putting out false inf information. And think about it today. We even have Richard Doty, who was a former disinformation agent for the CIA. I mean, it's, it's freaking mind-blowing. We still have disinformation campaigns out there for aliens, for the military, for special projects, you name it. There's disinformation out there, and it's being fed to us. But going back to uh, World War II and the Ghost Army, uh, they also had um, other techniques such as uh, what's collectively called an atmosphere and these included simulating actual units deployed elsewhere by the application of the divisional insignia, painting the appropriate unit insignia on vehicles, and having the individual companies deployed as if they were regimental headquartered units. So basically they had motorized infantry that, appe that appeared to be real, um, and military police that would be deployed at crossroads, to make it look like their their uh, headquarters and their um, their bases were larger than what they really were, they'd put fake dummies out at a distance to uh, to make it look larger. They'd put fake uh, scouts out so that you know it would appear as though they had a, a farther reach. Um, and so, a lot of these folks, when they came back, these artists, these these famous individuals. Um, came back and they were given uh, the World War II Congressional Gold Medal and uh, they were given um, all kinds of recognition and acknowledgement for their work. So I think the one thing that's really important to note here is that these men and women were soldiers, but they were also artists, creatives, visual designers, actors, and these soldier artists, they, they went on to have other careers, not just soldiers, but to maybe go back to school, maybe train, maybe uh, train others in, in how to do this warfare, or to become professors or independent artists. And there's other forms of warfare. You know, just look at men who stare at goats, and you look at Jeff Bridges' character, you know, he wanted to create the uh, 1st Battalion Army. Spent three years just looking at alternative methods of warfare. So, not everything has to be, you know, bullets. Some things can be psychological warfare. And, and there's many, many different missions and projects that dealt with psychological warfare. Um, but this Ghost Army was, was definitely one of the most creative uh, artistically. So... What do you think? Leave your comment in the comment section uh, on uh, Anchor, and I'd uh, love to hear what you have to say. Hopefully you guys are taking care of yourselves uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Um, taking care of your families, your friends, your loved ones. Uh, taking care of yourselves. Following through on those hobbies and those goals and those dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care, and Lockdown Universe out.